Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Chumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to Chumbacasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Blog Talk Radio. but most know me as the Chicken Whisperer, author of The Chicken Whisperer's Guide to Keeping Chickens, National Spokesperson for the USDA, Biosecurity for Birds Program, and Editor-in-Chief of Chicken Whisperer Magazine. Each week, I welcome experts in their field to share their knowledge about different topics, including backyard poultry, show poultry, heritage poultry, gardening, cooking, and, of course, living a self-sufficient lifestyle. Be sure to visit us online at chickenwhisperer.com, where you can follow us on Twitter, become a fan on Facebook, and subscribe to the totally free digital edition of Chicken Whisperer Magazine. Once again, I would like to thank all of you for tuning in today to Backyard Poultry with the Chicken Whisperer, brought to you by Combox Feeds. At Combox Feeds, our layer pellets and crumbles are all natural, antibiotic-free, with no animal byproducts. Formulated just for laying hens, our feed is fortified with essential amino acids and calcium to ensure maximum production of nutritious, tasty, strong-shelled eggs. From our family to yours, feed your hens the way nature intended. Pure, wholesome, goodness. Kalmbach Feeds. Find a dealer at KalmbachFeeds.com. That's K-A-L-M-B-A-C-H, Feeds.com. Or order your layer pellets and crumples today on Amazon.com. Kalmbach Feeds is a proud sponsor of the Chicken Whisperer. Ware Manufacturing has been building quality hutches since 1983. Ware manufactures modern chicken hutches, barns, pens, and nest boxes designed especially for the backyard flock. Ware offers hutches and pens for every yard size and every chicken keeper's budget. Visit their website at waremfgeek.com. That's W-A-R-E-M-F-G-I-N-C dot com. Or call them to find a retailer near you at 1-888-824-7257. Ware Manufacturing. Since 1921, Straw 
Numbers has been a family-owned and operated business, providing quality poultry and poultry supplies to their customers. Today, the Stromberg family offers over 200 different breeds of poultry, including chickens, waterfowl, and game birds. They also offer poultry supplies for the beginner or advanced poultry keeper. Stromberg should be on the top of your list when it comes time to order. Shop online at www.strombergschickens.com or call today at 1-800-720-1134. Remember, that's strombergschickens.com. Established in 1957, GQF has become the name to trust when it comes to quality products and superior customer service. GQF offers a wide range of poultry products, including incubators, brooders, feeders, waters, and much, much more. Give them a call at 912-236-0651 or visit them online at gqfradio.com. That's gqfradio.com. Introducing the Bright Tap Chick Feeder, the cleaner feeder that grows with your flock. The Bright Tap Feeder is designed with a unique shield that prevents chicks from standing on the feed tray and pooping into their food. The shield keeps the feed clean, so you spend less time cleaning the feeder. And when your chicks grow up and leave the brooder, you can use the Bright Tap Feeder outdoors to give your adult chickens scratch, grit, and oyster shells. The unique shield also prevents rain from getting into the feed tray and spoiling the food. The Bright Tap feeder fills easily through a lid in the top. No more spills or wasted feed. To learn more, visit our website, chickenwaterer.com. That's chickenwaterer.com. Hi, I'm country music artist Nathan Osmond, and you're listening to Backyard Poultry with the Chicken Whisperer. And the mighty bird against prejudice continues his fight for law and order. So when you hear that cry in the sky, you'll know it's Super Chicken. This looks like a job for Super Chicken. You get the super sauce, I'll don my super suit. All righty, thank you very much for staying with us today on Backyard Poultry with the Chicken Whisperer brought to you by Combox Feed. So, beautiful day here in Guntersville, Alabama. We're at Guntersville uh, State Park, uh, and uh, it's absolutely a beautiful place. Really enjoying our time here. We'll be heading out Sunday morning, starting to head back east uh, through Georgia, and uh, we'll probably stay the night somewhere in uh eastern part of uh, Georgia, and then head up through South Carolina and North Carolina. For our next event next Thursday, you can get our uh, 2015 Kambach Chicken Whisperer Fall Tour schedule at our Facebook page, uh, facebook.com forward slash the Chicken Whisperer, and of course at our website, chickenwhisperer.com. But uh, today, uh, this afternoon, I'll be helping the great Kambach folks. Uh, They're going to have actually three 
um, booths here at the Faithway Feed Dealer Conference. I'll be speaking on Saturday morning at 9 a.m. This is a closed event. So this is not public. Uh, the rest of our uh, 13 or 14 events will be public uh, around the southeast. Um, and uh, so I'm really looking forward to that. I'll be talking to them about the backyard poultry movement, where it's been, where it's going, who their customer is, what they're looking for. Uh, really looking forward to that and uh, meeting more contacts as, as well. So I'll be headed, helping the uh, Kalmbach folks set up uh, three booths later this afternoon. So uh, God love that. Yesterday gave away an awesome uh, chicken-shaped egg basket to a lucky winner on our Facebook page. And uh, I've got a sweeter heater that I may uh, be giving away later this afternoon or tomorrow whenever I get a round to it. And um, we had over, I think, the, the, the um, to enter, you had to leave a comment uh, below the post uh, about one tip you've learned uh, in your chicken keeping career. And we had uh, over a 1,000 comments. So you can go and look at all those tips, a uh, 1,000 different tips from a 1,000 different chicken keepers. Um, and, uh, again, see what is working for them or a tip that they've learned, maybe a time saver that they've learned over the uh, time that they've been keeping backyard chickens. So it's kind of a neat little resource there to see what other people are doing, why they're doing it, how they're doing it, and whatnot. At least uh, it's working with their flock. So sometimes you've got to be careful with that and, uh, and, and, and make your own judgment call there. But uh, so yeah, today I'll be... Trying to or tomorrow be giving away a sweeter heater, so um, stay tuned for that. Got a great show lined up for you today. We have, of course, again, poultry scientist and professor Dr. Bridget McCray, PhD, and we're talking, I think, all things egg-centric. All things egg-centric. I have no idea what she's got up her sleeve for today. Maybe some stories. Maybe some different. Uh, egg-related things, whether it be recipes or cooking or artwork, or you just never know uh, with Dr. McCray when she's on based on our topic. So let's go right to the phone lines and welcome her. Hey, let's give her a big chicken whisper welcome. Hello, hello. How are you doing? How are you doing today? I'm good. How are you? I'm good. I apologize about that time change. Uh, folks, I, I got a little text that says, uh, the blog talk says there's no airtime scheduled. And I said, no, I haven't, you know, I haven't booked it yet. But I still have. And uh, it was 12.10. Um, and <laughs> all, all my clocks have changed automatically. You know, the cell phone, all that changes uh, when you go into different. And it's, uh, I'm an hour behind. <laughs> and uh, that, paid, that paid true today. So uh, I was just... Uh, uh, had took a break. I was shaved, and I hate to shave, but when I'm on tour, I got to shave, got to look my best, and I ended up shaving. Doo, 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 doo. Jen, what time is it? You know, she started to pull out some lunch things for the kids, and she says, uh, 12 10. And I was like, what? You mean 11 10? No, 12 10, not that. Yes, 11 10, but 12 10, not time. And then it all just kind of went through my brain in about a half a nanosecond of, uh, oops. Uh oh. So I, just, I set my phone, and I saw your text, and, uh, and otherwise, uh, I'd be going on air without a guest uh, in, in another hour. <laughs> Sitting there going, hmm, I wonder where Dr. McCray is. This is a, she must have forgot about the show. No, no. I'm the one that's got screwed Not up time, time change here over here in Alabama. 
So uh, all things eccentric. First, how are you doing? Any any kind of uh, classes, any kind of events, any kind of cool things you want to share with our audience, and then we can get well, on to yeah. all things. Thanks for bringing mm-hmm. that up. I appreciate it. Now, tomorrow, for those of you who are listening from the East Coast, um, you might be pleased to hear that it's going to be the New Jersey 4-H Avian Bowl State Qualifier, sponsored by Chick Flick. Um, it's going to be in Gloucester County at the, the county offices uh, and in Clayton, and New Jersey, and we are going to get started in the evening. And by the end of the evening, the state of New Jersey should very well have its very first avian bowl team selected. So that is going to be a real mm-hmm. adventure. How exciting is that? Awesome. That's very cool. Um, as far as other classes, no, nothing to tell you about. I've got a humongous class of students, um, 22 awesome. students in Introduction to Poultry Science, and they're plowing their way through the class, um, you know, doing homework, getting ready for their first test. How about that? <laughs> That's awesome. what they're going to be working on this weekend, pretty much. <laughs> yeah. Well, you hope so. <laughs> you hope that's what they're working you can on. Lead a horse to water. <laughs> yeah, there you go. <laughs> Gotta love it. So, um, cool. Let's talk so a little bit about all things. You've got in Alabama, and you're in, you're in my old old state. I went to Auburn. I'm wearing my Auburn yes, shirt today, and I didn't know you were going to be in Alabama. So, all right, War Eagle. Awesome. Very good. Yep. And. Uh, I'm up here in uh, Guntersville, which I think is closer to Huntsville than down towards Birmingham. Yeah. And uh, Coleman, Alabama is up here. We went through Fort Payne. Hey, um, you went through which... Coleman, Alabama. you got to go to an antique no. store there. My friend works there. I'm about 45 She's a poultry minutes, science I think, from Coleman. Too. <laughs> That's cool. Very cool. Yeah, and it's, a, God, it's beautiful right here. We're on this huge lake and uh, uh, kind of at the foothills of the Appalachian Mountains. So, Lots of hills around, just makes for a really beautiful setting. I'll post some pictures later when we go up to the lodge, which is up on top of this hill, or quote-unquote mountain, depending on where you're from, and uh, some really beautiful pictures. We'll try to get that done when I head up there to help set up. Well, I see uh, you're on the lake, so I hope you get some fishing in with Caleb. I would, um, but when I asked, I think they said an out-of-state Today, fishing license was like thirty bucks, and I'm like, yeah, I like fishing a lot, but <laughs> the two day, the two days we might get some fishing in, I don't think we'll uh, get thirty dollars of value in. So, yeah, a lot of the parks we stay at that aren't state parks have lakes, and it's free fishing because they're private. So, we'll take advantage of that on the rest of our stops. Cool. Well, today I'm going to share with you some egg-citing, egg-centric information. Okay. So uh, a lot of folks um, are, you know, really into their chickens, but they really treasure their eggs. And I thought I'd share just a little tiny bit of information that um, some of you may find very interesting. It may come up in other poultry conversations or some of your customers may ask you and, you know, oh, tell me more about your eggs. Well, hopefully what I share with you today is something that you will happily share with others or you can even talk to your own chickens about it, and they'll they'll just agree with you. So let's start about eggs and the color of eggs, and we'll start from the outside and work mm-hmm. our way in. Okay, Andy? Yep. 
And we all know the eggshell color can vary, and so can the yolk color. But let's talk about a little bit about, you know, what some of that can mean. So looking at an eggshell, the color comes from pigments, and they're laid down on the outer layer of the eggshell. Every breed has a little bit different color range. Every bird, as it ages, can change its color range. Um, so you've got your white on down to deep brown and even into a uh, green color range. So basically your breed determines the color of the eggshell. Um, so earlobes lay white shelled eggs and birds with red earlobes lay brown shelled eggs. And there's only a couple of breeds that lay blue-green colored eggshells, and that's the Araucana and the Americana. So in the United States, what most everybody sees in the grocery store, in the majority of the United States, is the white-shelled eggs, white eggs. Um, They're most in demand. That's what buyers are used to. Uh, And so that is what most of the uh, laying hen houses produce in the United States. But in some parts of the country, particularly New England, brown-shelled eggs are preferred, and we see that a little bit in Delaware. So in those regions, the Rhode Island Red, the New Hampshire, the Plymouth Rock, those are the breeds that you're going to see the majority of because they lay brown-shelled eggs. So... You know, these are bigger birds, these three breeds. They, they're they larger, they eat more food. So that's why brown eggs are usually a little bit more expensive than white-shelled eggs. So there's a little tidbit for those of you who are um, shelling out dough for some brown eggs. All right, let's talk about the egg white. So... Mm-hmm. Egg white is also called egg albumin. And when you're looking at a raw egg, an egg that you've just cracked out of the eggshell, raw raw eggs albumin is um, kind of opalescent, but it doesn't really turn white until it's beaten or it's cooked. Um, If you look at it and you might notice a, a yellowish or a greenish cast in the raw egg white, Um, that might indicate the presence of riboflavin. If you see a little bit of cloudiness of the raw egg white, it's usually due to the presence of carbon dioxide, which has not had time to escape through the shell. Um, Sometimes that indicates a very fresh egg. And on rare occasions, when you hard cook an egg, an egg white, Sometimes it can darken to a, a shade of caramel color because of the high amount of iron in the cooking water. Um, or, you know, sometimes you can refer to that as a carbonylamine-type reaction. Um, so using fresh eggs and cooling them quickly after cooking helps to prevent this kind of darkening. And if you know you have water that is high in um, iron, you might want to use filtered water instead. All right, 
now we'll finish up with the egg yolk. Outside of the eggshell, which everyone seems to think is a, a precious color brown and aren't they beautiful and so much more natural, well, it's just a brown-shelled egg. You don't eat the shell. Some people attribute um, better quality to the color of the yolk. So let's talk about yolk color for a little bit. Okay. Yolk color depends on the diet of the hen. She gets plenty of yellow-orange plant pigments, um, which we call xanthophils, and they're put into the egg yolk. Um, hens that are fed mashes that have yellow corn or alfalfa meal, they're going to lay an egg yolk that is uh, medium yellow in color, while those that eat wheat or barley-based diets, uh, they're going to have a slightly lighter colored yolk. Uh, you can feed a colorless diet. So if you went out and fed your birds white cornmeal, that produces a yolk that's almost colorless. So, you know, anytime you include natural yellow-orange substances, um, marigold petals, that's a perfect example. They're going to add, um, and some of them are added, to light-colored feeds to enhance the yolk color. And for a while here on Delmarva, Purdue Farms is feeding um, marigold petals to increase the yellow color of the skin on their chickens. And that's kind of part of their trademark for a while. Um, Artificial color additives are not permitted in poultry diets. So if you're going to do a dark-colored yolk, like gold color or lemon-colored, that's what most people, most buyers in the country are looking for. Um, And the nice thing about yellow pigments, they're fairly stable, and they tend not to lose their color when they go through the cooking process. So we use uh, yolks to color things. And as everybody knows, when you cook eggs in the fry pan in the morning, um, you tend not to use that, lose that yellow color. Now, sometimes, and this was always a problem at my house growing up, sometimes when you hard cook an egg, you end up with this kind of greenish-tinged, gray-green ring around the yolk. So basically what's going on is sulfur and iron compounds in the egg are reacting on the yolk surface during the cooking process. Mm-hmm. Um, it happens when you overcook the eggs or if you have a higher amount of iron in the cooking water. Uh, and depending on what you're trying to do, some people are totally grossed out by that. And um, they don't want to eat the egg. And it's completely wholesome. It's still nutritious. It's just a chemical reaction. The flavor really isn't affected. But you can avoid this by uh, following the time temperature uh, rules in your recipe. Uh, And if you are done hard cooking your egg, whether you use a a hard cooker or you're making three-minute eggs in a a quart-sized pan on your stovetop, once it's done with its cooking time, um, rapidly cool the eggs in water or ice. give them an ice bath. And that will cool down the eggs and, and quickly and stop or slow down that process. 
of uh, creating that greenish gray colored ring. And I and when I grew up, I thought that it was just normally there. And I remember going to my first poultry science class and learning about that. And I went home and I tried it and I'm like, holy cow, this works. That's so cool. I don't care. I'll eat the gravy anyhow. So the only time it really comes into play is if I have to make some sort of a a presentation, um, like maybe deviled eggs, something like that, where color might be coming into play. Um, Sometimes, uh, and this is kind of a rare thing, you can find several concentric green rings inside hard-cooked egg yolks. And um, basically, a a yolk develops within the hen in rings. And iron in the hen's feed or the water, um, you know, get deposited inside the yolk as it's developing inside her and may kind of cause this coloring. Um, Occasionally, a large batch of scrambled eggs may turn green. Um, It's not pretty. Uh, The color change is harmless. And basically, again, it's a chemical change brought on by heat, and it occurs when eggs are cooked at too high a temperature or held for too long Mm -hmm. or sometimes both. Um, If you use stainless steel equipment and low cooking temperatures, use small batches, and serving as soon as possible, sometimes that can help you know, prevent this from happening. And if it is necessary for you to hold scrambled eggs for a short time, um, try not to keep them in direct heat. Uh, place it in a pan of hot water. Put, place a pan of hot water between the, the eggs and your heat source to kind of create a buffer, and that will help you um, uh, keep that from happening. So I think those are some interesting topics for your listeners to think about. Uh, I don't know if I've gone into this in the past, Andy, and maybe you can remind me if I have. Um, Have I talked about um, different types of cooking equipment specifically for eggs? No, not that I can recall. She's been on for many years. Uh, It's hard to remember. (laughs) (laughs) No. <laughs> okay. Well, we've all gone into um, different stores that, that sell cooking equipment, and we've spotted maybe a thing or two that has a an egg logo on it or um, maybe has uh, an egg purpose. And there are specific utensils out there that are specifically designed for preparing eggs. Um, of course, you don't have to use them. Usually, you know, your regular pots, pans, and bowls, or beaters, and all those will do the trick in the kitchen. <clears throat> but some of you out there may be really ecstatic about extraordinary equipment, so I'll share it with you. Um, so if you're going to go ahead and, you know, use an uh, an old, uh, well, an egg beater, um mm-hmm. You know, you used to have to beat by hand, and it was muscle power. And if you wanted to whip eggs, you had to use a whisk. Um, you know, they come in different sizes, big, small, flat, balloon-shaped. Um, they're all different sizes. And if you're good, you can whip up enough volume to egg albumin to make an angel food cake in no time flat. 
Um, you know, you want to separate out your egg whites, and uh, it used to be you would use a hickory rod. I grew up with a rotary hand beater. That's what mom used in the kitchen. And that came out in 1870. Um, And literally, it beat out the competition. Um, You get a lot of meringue or a lot of volume to your egg white uh, very quickly. And you don't have to have the muscles to, to get it done in short order. And they are fairly inexpensive. Of course, most people today, they're going to use an electric stand mixer or a portable electric mixer. Um, and, you know, some blenders and food processors can also do the trick. They can whip up, you know, eggs and either whole eggs or yolks or whatever mixture you're looking for and even provide you with stiff egg whites. They'll do the trick. Uh, so you've you've got choices out there. I tried it once tried to use a balloon whisk to beat up eggs and I was just I I cramped up. I couldn't do it. I like my rotary hand beater, but I I do also value a stand mixer for getting the job done. Okay, let's talk about some bowls. Um okay. you know, there's a lot of controversy out there about the merits of certain types of bowls. Um and a lot of people are talking about what kind of bowl, Andy? What's it made out of? Do you do you know what I'm referring to? The the stainless steel bowls or the um, ceramic bowls or what? No, I'm talking about the famous copper bowl. In copper. producing, yeah, that it's um. There's whether or not you should always beat your egg whites in a copper bowl, and really? the fact, yeah. Yes. Now, I don't watch a lot of, uh, well, I don't own a television, um, but it's, uh, uh, well, I, I guess I can take that back now. The uh, RV we purchased about three weeks ago came with one, but it's, <laughs> uh, but, but it's, uh, but yeah, so no cooking shows. Um, hmm. But uh, the well, ones I, I have seen, that's a fairly it. interesting topic then. Um, the fact is that the, the copper bowl, the copper in the bowl reacts with the conalbumin of the egg whites, kind of like cream of tartar stabilizes the egg whites foam. Um, you don't get that when you use a stainless steel bowl or a glass bowl. If you use a stainless steel or a glass bowl, you need to add cream of tartar. And, um, well, when you look at the price of a little container of cream of tartar versus the price of a copper bowl, you're going to see that cream of tartar pretty much <laughs> is the most uh, um, uh, inexpensive of the two. And that's what I use in my house, but uh, the it is said that you can go ahead and forego cream of tartar if you use a copper bowl. Now, if you're going to beat egg whites, stay away from wooden bowls and plastic bowls. They tend to absorb fat. And if you're beating egg whites, you usually want volume. And any sort of residue of fat will keep egg whites from creating a stable foam. And that's that's why you want to stay away from plastic and wooden bowls. So stick with copper, stick with stainless steel, stick with glass. Um, now look carefully at the shape of your bowl. Um 
when you're following a recipe, listen to the recipe. Um, if you have bowls that come with your electric stand mixer, use those bowls. You don't want to damage your mixer. Um, if you're trying to beat egg whites, you need to use a deep bowl. Uh, like if I use a portable mixer, electric mix- mixer, or a rotary beater, I want a big, deep bowl. Um, and if you're going to hand whisk, bless all of you who choose to do that and have the strength to pull it off, um, if you're doing hand whipping with a whisk, um, you want a rounded bottom bowl, at least 10 inches across the top and maybe five or six inches deep to to get the job done. And so those are things to consider, uh, specifically when you're looking at beaters and bowls. Now let's really go into the specific egg cooking equipment. Okay. Uh, you ever heard of a coddler? Have you ever heard of a coddler? Mm-hmm. Have you, uh, have you eaten a coddled egg? I don't believe I have, no. Now, you want to step into the past. If you want to impress people, if you want to take them on a culinary adventure that has almost been lost, coddle an egg in an egg coddler. It's an experience. Uh, you can talk about not only the egg coddling equipment, but the the process of egg coddling, and it's kind of a, a fun thing to share with folks that may never have even seen these things. Now, my first experience with an egg coddler was uh, at an antique store because that might be just about the only place where you can find them these days. Yes. I know you can find them online, but sometimes those aren't the pretty ones. The ones that you find at the antique stores, as long as they're not chipped or cracked in any way, can just be delightful to look at. And their design is um, pretty good. There's egg-coddlers.com. Welcome to egg-coddlers.com. The website is dedicated to the study of egg coddlers. An egg coddler is a porcelain or pottery cup with a lid that is designed to prepare food, in particular an egg dish that is called coddled eggs. And they have everything. What's new? What is it? Manufacturers of patterns, cross-reference, recipes. (laughs) There you go. And if you have a set of them, and you can prepare them in a, in a, um, a dish that's Big enough. Well, basically, folks, it's a small cup made out of porcelain or heat-proof glass or even pottery, and usually it has a screw on top. You break the egg into the cup, screw the top on, submerge the cup in simmering water until it's cooked, and then you eat it directly from the coddler. Depending on the coddler you purchase, it may have a little ring on the top, Sometimes at antique stores, the ring has snapped off for one reason or another, so be careful. And what you do is you lift the coddler in and out of the boiling water uh, using that little ring at the top. Um, I think they're just delightful. Uh, I use one for teaching purchases, uh, purposes here at, um, you know, for my 4-Hers, and so they learn to see what this thing is. And, you know, it's just, it's kind of like an egg cup. An egg cup is a small container that that you use to hold a soft-cooked egg upright while you you eat it out of its shell. Um, 
whether it's goose egg or a chicken egg, uh, they come in different sizes. But a coddler is kind of like the next step up, and it is a, a more fully cooked. So if you're talking about food safety, um, I'm going to lean towards the coddler. Plus, people think it's always kind of a pleasant little surprise to unscrew that lid and go, oh, it's an egg, and it's a lot of fun. Mm-hmm. Uh, as I learned on Friday night, um, you can still get yourself into trouble when you're cooking eggs. Um, I have an, uh, an electric appliance which steam cooks the eggs. And it's called an egg cooker. Um, grew up with one of those. Uh, and egg cookers, they usually have a little insert inside um, that you can add or not add for steam poaching the egg. Um and then sometimes some of them come with a little insert for cooking omelets or fried eggs or scrambled eggs. Mine doesn't have that. It's just got the poached egg uh, and also the steam, uh, regular old steam cooking egg insert. And there's a little hole at the top for steam to come out. And when you're not paying attention, you pass your arm right over that and mm-hmm. thoroughly give yourself a steam burn. Um, those are the worst. And you having done uh, paramedic work. I'm sure you've seen mm-hmm. doozies in your day. Hopefully they weren't all from egg cookers. No, there there have been some burns that uh, I won't soon forget, that's for sure. One of the most surprising ones, and I'll share people with this, which truly it kind of amazed me early on in my paramedic career, was facial arm and hand burns from, um, um, I don't criticize the brand, but it, it was Drano or a, a drain. Oh. Uh, and it was horrible. Chemical so what burn. happened was, he, yeah, he had uh, a bathroom sink, uh, probably a hair clog, whatever the case may be. And, you know, you see this on TV all the time. And the old commercials, they pour it in. They stand there, the camera's over it, and then they see the water all go. Well, he did, you know, he did the same thing. He poured this into the sink, and he's standing there watching it. Uh, well, I guess it pressure built up, and it, it basically blew everything back out towards him. And uh, I, I was... In route to the call, we got it on our computer. You know, we didn't discount it, but it was like, you know, not really knowing what to expect. Because, you know, you're you're brought up, you know, when you're on the television or you're seeing these ads, and, oh, Drano, just pour it in and watch the water go down. And yeah. so you're not, you know, and then you get there and you see these burns from this stuff, this everyday household thing that people have used a million times, and say, wow, this, 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 this from Drano? Really? That's, so, yeah, it's, uh, that was one of the ones that, that you know, surprised one of my you. First, huh? Yeah, very surprising. <laughs> Gee. Yep. Well, I, I know that um, you know folks are, are need to be careful in the kitchen when you're cooking eggs. You know, it's it's not like they're gonna reach out and grab you. Just be careful. Don't do what I did. Um, and don't rub butter on a burn. You want to put cold water on it or cool water on it, as cool as you can stand it, right away. All right. Let's move on to crepes. Have you ever eaten a crepe, Andy? Yes. What was your first crepe experience like? Like? Oh, my gosh. I don't know. I was I was so young, I probably don't remember eating the first one. But I know that now they have <laughs> got the cream cheese, you got the blueberry, you got strawberry, oh, yeah. you got all kinds of wonderful uh, crepes and and um I probably called them creeps when I was a kid. <laughs> and uh but but yeah I remember being kind of introduced to that by by my parents. Oh crepes are 
so delicious. And when you find a place that makes them well or you know somebody who makes them well, they will change your life. Mm-hmm. You can make mm-hmm. them savory or you can make them sweet. But they're usually made on a crepe pan, which is looks about the same diameter as, as a regular old skillet, about six or eight inches in diameter, but it's got a, sh- a, a shallow slope to the pan. Um, or barely even any sides to the pan. Um, depends on who you buy them from. They can be inexpensive, lightweight, sophisticated. They can come in electric models, and that's what a lot of businesses that sell crepes, crepes use. Um, and sometimes you can get a little um, a, a little crepe uh, spreader with your crepe pan, Um And if you don't have a crepe pan, don't give up. Just use a regular old omelet pan. That'll do a do double duty for you. And so, if you think about it, you're going to mix up your crepe recipe. There's lots of them online for you to choose from. Mix it up, and it's like a watery, um, watered down egg mixture with um, maybe sugar, maybe not, and it cooks fairly quickly. Uh, and you can roll up and put a filling in it, or you can just serve it stacked. Um, I've seen uh, crepe cakes, which use maybe, oh, upwards of a dozen layers of crepes with uh, filling in between each layer to to create a crepe cake. That's a lot of fun to take a look at. looks a lot like one of the specialty cakes around here, which is called a Smith Island cake, which I'm, is famous for having eight or more layers of cake, um, all of which comes from Smith Island, of course. All right, custard cups. Now, custard cups around my house tend to be what I turn to when I need to add small amounts of ingredients that I pre-measured out. And you'll see those a lot of times on cooking shows. Sometimes they'll use a custard cup. But originally, they were used for making custard. They're small bowls, deep individually bowl-shaped, and they're designed to go into the oven. So if you want to use a custard cup, you can also use it for creme brulee. Uh, Of course, they don't really recommend that you use a a glass custard cup if you're going to use like a butane torch to uh, crystallize the sugar on top. But custard cups are fairly easy to find. You can find Pyrex ones at the store. Mm -hmm. Now let's talk about the granddaddy of them all, the omelet pan. What do you think <laughs> you make in an omelet pan? <laughs> Absolutely. We had an omelet pan growing up that, you know, yeah, it, uh, it was round, you cut in half, uh, had the hinges in the center, yeah. and, and, you, and you, you know, you, you close this on top, and you just flip it over, and I don't even know if, I don't know if my dad's even still has that thing. I I tried so hard to salvage our old waffle maker, which I love, but um, it was classic, made by GE, and it was, uh, and it just, yeah, uh, I wish I still had that. But um, how, next time I'm at his house, I'll have to see if they have the old. Did they have a nonstick pan? You know, I don't remember because it was probably back. I don't know when Dupont and all them came out with nonstick, but this thing had to have been from the early seventies, if not before. It may have been from the fifties. It was uh, quite. I remember growing up, and I was born in '69, so I don't know how long they had it before I remember it. So uh, I don't know when the nonstick stuff came out. Well, omelet pans can be um, nonstick coatings, different. Um, 
you know, types of handles. Some are seasoned, um, you know, about 7 to 10 inches in diameter. And, you know, it's it's a double omelet pan is, is you know, something that has those hinges. That's what you're talking about is a, like a semicircle mm-hmm. pan attached by hinges. Yeah. That's a double omelet yep. pan. Um, so, you know, you can use them for all kinds of purposes, sautéing, frying, so on and so forth. But I think this is a, usually about when you like to have your commercial, Andy, right? Yeah, that's perfectly fine. I was going to say about the about the omelet. We don't obviously have an omelet pan. We made omelets last uh, week, and uh, I just have my iron skillet now. And so I just uh, uh, two or three egg omelet, whatever Jen wants, and uh, I um, uh, beat all that together with a little bit of milk, and then I initially... Uh, put that in the iron skillet, and then once it's started to cook, where it has kind of a just the beginnings of a solid bottom, so all the ingredients don't drop to the pan surface; they kind of rest on the egg. Then I'll put in whatever she wants: some ham, maybe turkey, some cheese, mushrooms, whatever, onion, and then um, and then I just take the once it's a little bit even more stout, um, then I take the spatula and just flip it halfway over, so I got the half right. moon round. And then I just I'll flip that back and forth until it's done throughout. That's how you know when we do it in the iron skillet. But the next time you know it's funny. Next time I go up to my dad's, I have to see if they had that. He has that old. Uh, I wouldn't mind having that. I did try, but and, and he said he was throwing out the, the last time he tried the waffle maker that he was gonna uh, just tried to fix it but couldn't. Didn't have time to do it, and it was oh. classic. Lots of lots of Saturday morning memories with that thing, and I hated to get rid of it. But um, yeah, okay, we'll go to break, and then we'll come back and continue talking about all things egg centric. We're talking with poultry scientist and professor Dr. Bridget McCray, PhD. Don't go away. We'll be back right after this short break. When you need an incubator, think Brency, the incubation specialist. Brency has been a world leading manufacturer of incubators for over 30 years. Incubators from 7 to 380 eggs with high quality electronic and digital controls, including precise humidity control and programmable egg turning, all at surprisingly affordable prices. Visit them online at Brency.com. Brency spelled B R I N S E A. That's Brency.com or call. 1-888-667-7009. Enter the coupon code WHISPER at checkout and save 10% on their incubators, brooders, egg candlers, and other incubation accessories. When you need an incubator, think Brency, technology you can trust. Cackle Hatchery is a third-generation, family-owned and operated hatchery. They offer over 193 varieties of poultry shipped directly from their facility in Missouri. It's their mission to enhance your life by providing you with quality poultry for showing, meat, enjoyment, eggs, and pets. They specialize in hatching purebred poultry and shipping day-old chicks right to your local post office since 1936. 4-H and FFA Youth Poultry Clubs get a 10% discount. Check out their website, CackleHatchery.com, for posted weekly specials and discounts. That's CackleHatchery.com. Pictures of chickens on aprons are common across America, but picture a chicken wearing an apron and you'll probably get a good chuckle. Laugh if you must, but nothing protects hens better than the Hen Saver Hen Apron. 
Hen Saver Hen Aprons protect your hens from the damage caused by an overly affectionate rooster and may even provide protection from an unexpected hawk attack. Hen savers come in several different sizes to fit both bantam and standard sized hens and roosters. Colors include camo, denim, navy, brown, khaki or black, and soon pink. Crazy K Farm is expanding its already colorful hen saver collection to include the color pink. A portion of their sales will be donated to organizations that fund breast cancer research and awareness. Order your Hen Saver aprons today at hensaver.com. That's hensaver.com. Ideal Poultry has been a family-owned and operated business since 1937. Their business is built on customer service and quality poultry. From rare white and brown egg layers to broilers, ducks, turkeys, and bantams, Ideal Poultry is the largest supplier of backyard poultry in the United States, shipping close to 5 million chicks annually. Visit them online at IdealPoultry.com. That's IdealPoultry.com. Love Nest brings the natural goodness of herbs to you in your backyard with handcrafted organic blends for your backyard friends. Packaged in a resealable bag, 100% USDA certified organic, Love Nest blends come ready to sprinkle directly into the nesting or coop bedding and are completely natural and edible. There's Love Nest Chick Mix Blend, a gentle herb blend perfect for young chicks. Love Nest Layer Blend, designed to help support laying and soothe ruffled feathers. And Love Nest Critter Ritter Blend is naturally effective against those unwelcome guests such as lice, moths, and other pests. Ask for Love Nest at your favorite local feed store or visit them online at www.loveluv-nest.com and try Love Nest organic blends for your backyard friends today. Are you in the market for a new chicken coop? Want one that will outlast all the others? Then check out Urban Coop Company. All of their coops are made from 100% appearance-grade western red cedar with galvanized hardware and advanced all-weather joinery right here in the USA. Compared to other coops, Urban Coop Company coops will last longer and look better doing it. They're designed to be both beautiful and functional. In fact, they have earned the Chicken Whisperer seal of approval and are Chicken Whisperer approved. I invite you to browse their website to learn more about the many features of their coops and check out their integrated coop accessories that will make your life easier. Urban Coop Company is a family-owned business located in Dripping Springs, Texas, USA. They are passionate about building great coops because they know you're passionate about your backyard chickens. Visit them online at urbancoopcompany.com. That's UrbanCoopCompany.com. All righty. Thank you very much for staying with us today on Backyard Poultry with Chicken Whisperer. We are, uh, it looks like as of today, 
only about let's see, three months. Three months until, yep, you guessed it, three months until Christmas Eve. talking about everything egg-centric and some uh, really neat educational information. Thanks, Andy. Yep, thank you. Well, I just because you're in the area, I'll, I'll, I found out the name of the place. Go to Easy Pickens Antique Store in Coleman, Alabama. If that's on your way, stop in. The lady there is went to school with me, and she is a chicken-loving gal and incredibly knowledgeable. <laughs> So, and you're in chicken country now, yeah. <laughs> yeah, back. Yep, absolutely. Well, I'm going to go over just a just a few more pieces of okay. eccentric equipment. Um, some things have names that you probably never even knew had names. Um, <laughs> let's talk about piercers. Um, what do you think you use a piercer for? Hmm, to pierce the shell, you you blow out an egg, maybe. Yep, use a piercer, or or any sort of sharp pointed tool. Sometimes I've even used a thumbtack. Um, so you basically prick a small hole in the large end of the eggshell before you go through hard cooking. Um, you want to use something that's clean. You can sterilize it later, so that's why I use a thumbtack. Um, but you can use a pin, a needle. Just about anything can be used for piercing. Now, when I bought my egg cooker kit, it came with a a piercer in it. Um, but if you if you stick some if you pierce an egg and allow some air to escape during the the hard cooking process, it makes peeling easier. Um, it also makes little hairline cracks in the shell. So if you're doing egg artwork, that that can be challenging. Let's talk about poachers, and I don't mean someone who takes your chickens, although that may be what you call a raccoon or something that gets in the coop. So we're talking about egg equipment, and that's some sort of a a rack that holds one egg-sized cup, and it and, you know, usually holds it over simmering water or something like a colander that holds an egg 
as it poaches in simmering water. That's basically what a poacher is. Um, you may have another name or, or term that you use to describe a, a coop poacher. Um, mm-hmm. Poached eggs <clears throat> are uh, not the same as hard-cooked eggs. They're uh, only cooked partway through, and some people prefer the, the texture of a poached egg. I look at it from a microbiological point of view, and I say, no way, Jose. I know that the risk <laughs> of salmonella is there. The research has been done. Um, actually, in the same lab of the lady that I just recommended in Coleman, Alabama. <laughs> <laughs> I remember wandering into their lab one day, what you guys doing? They're like, here, do this. And I'm like, oh, man, I got roped into something. But it was mm. that same research project. I thought it was cool, though. Yeah, be careful whose lab you wander into. And if they look busy, you better have time on your hands. <laughs> Okay, let's talk about quiche. That's something that is um, fairly easy to make, depending on on uh, you know how fancy you want to go. But a quiche dish is something that may look like a pie dish. It's basically a round, shallow, straight-sided ceramic or porcelain dish. Sometimes there's scalloped edges, or you know, it might have handles so you can use it in the oven. Um, it's also called a flan dish or a dish, and you can buy them in several different sizes. So if you've got a, a brunch with a lot of people coming, you might want to get a large size if that's something that you do regularly. But a pie plate or a cake pan of the same size will substitute nicely. So that's way to get around actually investing in a quiche dish. Let's talk about an egg ring. It's basically, well, you can think of it as a a cookie cutter for eggs. It's a round band. Sometimes it has a handle, sometimes it doesn't. And it just basically holds a fried or poached egg during cooking, holds it in shape. Uh, There are specialty egg scissors out there. I don't know if you're aware of this, Andy. Now, people who are are really egg-centric may want to get themselves Mm. a pair of egg scissors. Uh, It's a circular tool for opening soft-cooked eggs, and so you use the scissors when the eggs are sitting in an egg cup. And, you know, once you you operate the, the handles portion, a series of teeth or even a blade clips off the top of the egg so that you can access the contents with a spoon and eat. And they come in all kinds of, uh, you know, metal uh, sizes, different shapes. Some even have little chickens on the handles, which can be really kind of cool. But I don't know, maybe I'm putting a bug in people's ears for eccentric items for the holidays. That'd be a cool stocking stuffer, wouldn't it? Yeah, yeah. One of my favorite tools in the kitchen is an egg separator. (laughs) A small cup. It has a, a round frame. You can make them plastic, metal, ceramic, whatever. Um, the cup catches the egg yolk while the slots around the side lets the egg white slip through uh, into a container underneath, and that's how you separate your egg yolks from your egg whites rather than going from shell to shell back and forth, where which is pretty risky as you proceed through the process and less and less egg white remains. Uh, I love egg separators. There's one that's spiral-shaped 
um, that we use for all our, our research here. And I've got the same kind at home. Uh, I didn't grow up with this thing, but man, I love egg separators. And they have very, very small tin ones that you can find here or there, sometimes even in antique stores. Uh, a lot of people don't even know what the silly thing is. Someone's got to teach them about it. Okay. Egg slicers. Uh, basically, it cuts up a hard-cooked egg into neat slices. Uh, you can sometimes, um, you know, use it in salads. Or you can cross it, you know, cut it one direction and cut it again and use it for making, uh, d- dicing up the egg for uh, egg salad sandwiches um, or adding to a salad. And, you know, it's basically an indented tray. The egg sits in there, and then a bunch of parallel wires um, are pulled down to kind of chop up the egg. So um, we used the egg slicer a lot growing up. Uh, do not get your finger stuck in there when your brother's trying to, to slice eggs. He will attempt to slice up your finger. It doesn't work. You just get yelled at. All right. Souffle. A lot of people are scared by souffles, and you really don't need to be. A souffle dish is something you can invest in. Um, it's basically a deep, straight-sided dish designed to go into the oven. Um, you can also use a casserole dish. Uh, you can buy different sizes of souffle dishes. Um, you know, you can even use an uncoated saucepan or a baking dish as a substitute. But I'll encourage your listeners, Andy, this fall, Put aside your fears and try making a souffle, either a sweet souffle or a savory souffle, and try a new egg dish. All right, one of the last pieces of equipment I'm going to talk about is a wedger. No, I didn't say wedgie. I said wedger. It's a piece of equipment that sometimes is on the same tool as the slicer. Sometimes you have to buy them separately, but... What you do is you set the egg into a, an indentation, holds the egg upright, and you pull six wires across the egg. And, well, five wires, and it, but it cuts the egg up into six equal parts. So, mm-hmm. you know, if you if you want to stop when the wires are only halfway down and pull them back out, then you can kind of open the egg up like a flower and put stuffing in there or at least make it look like a flower as you serve it. Um, I've got one that's of those. An option. It was, it oh, was, you do? It was again, yeah, it was again one of my mom uh, thing, and when, when they were moving from one house to the other and going through all our stuff, and I always liked that thing. She'd boil eggs, and part of my job. Did you know it was called just a wedger? Put, nope, had no clue. You just set it in that little cup thing, and then it's got the wire, the a round piece of wires going through it. And it was just, <laughs> Quick cool. and dirty, I, 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 and it's I, kind I, of fun I, for yeah. kids to do too. That's what that was my job, but I, I loved it when I was little doing that. Yep, and I still got it. It's in the farmhouse back home. Now, a challenge to your listeners: there is a piece of equipment out there, and maybe they'll post pictures to one of your sites or Facebook page or something like that. But there is an interesting tool out there that a lot of people don't realize is egg related. It's for an egg cake, something that is. Um, very angelic in nature, to slice up one of those cakes, you should never use a regular knife, serrated or not. There is a specific cake slicer out there. And if your listeners 
put a picture of it up on your Facebook page. I think they will be surprised at what this device is. And next time they go into an antique store or something like that, they'll finally go, I know what that thing is for. And they may want to grab it because they, they can be hard to find. And use it the next time they serve an angel food cake. I'm not going to describe it. I'm hoping that your listeners will go find a picture of it, or maybe it's in your drawer as we speak, and you'll go dig it through the door, find it, snap a photo, and send it to you, Andy. And then we can educate the world. There's there a little go. challenge for you. <laughs> it also reminds me of a picture of an egg separator I posted on my Facebook page. Um, it was a while ago. Um, it's it's basically a, it looks like a coffee mug, if you will. So you've got a handle on it, and it's huh. got the and then um, it's it's shaped like a face, and it's got two <laughs> holes. It's got two holes where the nose is. You may have seen it, and then you just kind of tilt the eggs oh. around that area, and all the egg white, the albumin, kind of seeps out of the nose of oh, this face. Oh, how perfect for kids <laughs> well, and some adults. Do like it. <laughs> so, let's, uh, so yeah, it's the the snot coffee cup, and uh, that's basically oh. the easiest way for every all our listeners to picture what I'm talking about. Coffee cup, the face <laughs> on it with two holes coming out of the nose, and you just you know swirl it around, and then here comes all this white snot, egg white out of the nose. <laughs> yeah, it's pretty awesome. I should get <laughs> me one of those. My goodness, you should. You should. Oh, <laughs> so funny. Well, this is a pretty cool show. We had a good time and uh, learned an awful lot and brought back memories of uh, our old waffle uh, cooker and uh, <laughs> omelet plate and that little thing I still have back at the farmhouse. And just with the wire on it, you just squeeze it, and uh, there's boiled eggs or six slices, eight eight wedges or whatever so uh absolutely. and that would make an excellent demonstration for a young person mm-hmm. maybe someone who's homeschooled if they can take this year and find all those pieces of equipment and describe it to people and if they're really bold and a good demonstrator maybe they could serve something from one of those pieces of equipment mm-hmm. right there in their demonstration they could slice an egg or wedge an egg and give people a taste of some of that egg equipment in action. And I'll tell you, also, it's actually on the shelf, a display shelf at back at the farmhouse, and it is a, um, it was a mixer, a hand mixer. So it's got the little wooden handle at the top, and it's got a wheel on it with some gears, and mm-hmm. you turn it around, and it, it kind of beats the eggs or a or cake or whatever you want to be, uh, old-fashioned. And I actually have one. Uh, with a certificate documenting that it was actually used in an episode of Green Acres. <laughs> <laughs> I'll be doggone. Yep, and so I saw it on eBay, and I said, oh, i got to have this, and it was from a movie prop company or something like that. So <laughs> it's got, it's, it's I have the certificate. Uh, you know who you need of, to meet? You need that? to meet Howard Helmer. Hmm. Do you know who Howard know Helmer Howard. is? I do not. He is the omelet king. Omelet king. I think someday you need to meet the omelet king. He is he's the world's fastest omelet maker. Uh wow. he teaches he comes to 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 uh to conferences and he teaches people how to make omelets and um I've seen him a couple of times. Um 
in my youth. Now, he, but but now, now there's a catch there because if because you know we we we've all seen this and you'll see the world's fastest pizza maker and they, they just there's no art they just you know as fast as they can they throw some sauce and a handful of cheese and put it in the oven and they they consider that you know the a fast yes you know, the fast he made so many pizzas in an hour and he's just splattering and you know throwing and then versus you know making a beautiful accomplished omelet fast. So I think there's a there's a uh, if I ever meet him I'll ask him I say no the fat are well, you he, just like he currently holds the Guinness World <laughs> Record for the and he made 427 omelets in 30 minutes. And he did it in Atlanta, Georgia in, in 1990. Yes. Atlanta, Georgia. How how did I miss that being an Atlanta boy? And now um and he also yeah. holds the world record for fast fastest omelet. Flipper. He had to. There's got to be a catch there. I'm gonna look that up because it has to be something like. Well, he set them all uh, up ahead of time. He had hot plates and he had them. Um, I was gonna and, you say, know, he, yeah. You know, he he just had them all lined up, good to go. It takes some planning to execute something like that. So, <laughs> you know, he's he's spokesperson for the American Egg Board, um, and he encourages people to play with their food, and I agree. <laughs> when it comes to <laughs> eggs, I think you should play with your food. Um, now, I'm not sure who I don't know which group has hired him now, but uh, the maybe the American Egg Board or the incredible edible egg folks or whoever I can't remember. So I apologize to you folks, but they've hired Kevin Bacon, and they're starting to do ads uh, about eggs and bacon in the morning. And uh, you know, Kevin, <laughs> yep, Kevin. He Bain had to know it, it would happen eventually. <laughs> so With a name like that, how could you miss it? Yeah, so he's promoting eggs for a group out there, uh, bacon and eggs, mm-hmm. too. So, but um, well, Doc, thanks for joining <laughs> us today. We appreciate it. I apologize about the the, the delay on my okay. time change difference. You're having so a blast. You Go over, the state, go over the state line, and it's like, oh, yeah, I am in different time change here. But uh, And that's always aggravating with the kids because then you're like, do we try to stay on the same bedtime and time because <laughs> we're, cause we're leaving Sunday or, you know, especially when we're traveling two different time zones when we did that, I guess, a couple years ago. Uh, we went to two time zones on our tour, and it's like now we're two hours. So, I mean, it's kind of, you know, do, do we still go to bed at eight? Do we go to bed now? It's two hours later and wake up two hours. So, yes, I'm, that that's a challenge for mom to decide what she's going to do based on how long we're going to be in said time zone. So, uh, but yeah. So, thanks for joining us. Very cool information. We'll see you back here uh, in in a couple of weeks. And uh, you are very welcome. And I hope your listeners find that mystery tool that I was talking about for slicing <laughs> angel food cakes. There you go. Hmm. I'm going to go Google it right now. (laughs) I'll talk to you later. Thank you. Take care. Bye-bye. From our family to yours, feed your chickens the way nature intended, pure Wholesome goodness. Kalmbach Feeds. Visit our website at kalmbachfeeds.com. That's K-A-L-M-B-A-C-H feeds.com. Or order today on Amazon.com. Kalmbach Feeds is a proud sponsor of the Chicken Whisperer. Hmm, all righty. Thank you very much for staying with us today. And, and a great show.
It is now Thursday. I thought yesterday was Thursday, but it was not. So it is Thursday. No shows over the weekend. And uh, we are starting to travel quite a bit uh, on tour. So uh, we'll just have to see. I do try to do the shows as absolutely as often as I can. So uh, just the best way to do that is check our Facebook page and see when uh, uh, I post about who our guest is and what the topic's going to be. So we do hope you have an absolutely wonderful, wonderful weekend. And I hope to see you sometime on the Chicken Whisper Fall Tour. Brought to you by Kalmbach Feeds. God bless everybody. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.